everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? The podcast that's considering Saturday releases. I know that it's not always consistent around here. And I would like it to be consistent with um a release date. I just that my actual real life schedule gets jumbled up so much at least during this quarantine it's been you know shifting and moving and i need to do things at different times and it's it's a mess on on my end i'm doing my best here right but i'm thinking maybe record friday night upload saturday right that seems like a good idea um but we'll see um but i feel like i've reached the point in quarantine like i feel like now is when I've truly hit like a monotonous zone. I tr- now I feel like every day is kind of the same and I'm trying to do things to break it up a bit. Um like I got um new glasses today. You might not know, but I wear glasses. I do not own contacts because contact lenses terrify me. Um so I got new glasses today and the place where I was going to pick up my glasses from it is like five minutes from my house driving is a five minute drive but you know i was like what's the point of me driving five minutes there five minutes back and then going back to my house right like that at this point right it doesn't change me or it doesn't change the day that much it's just a little blip in the day like let me do something that is some type of event some type of commitment Right. So it's five minutes from my house, which is about a mile and a half. And I decide, you know what? I'm going to walk. Fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to leg it out. I'm going to walk. Right. And it's up a hill and down a hill. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who I run into. Doesn't matter how much litter is on the street. I'm going to walk. Right. It's a 30 minute walk, an hour round trip. Right. And I was like, I'm going to do it. Right. And you know what? I'm glad I did it. Some people might be like, you know, it's five minutes to drive. Why are you walking 30 minutes? That makes no sense. And you're right in that it makes no sense. Like I could have drove. I could have been in and out very efficiently. But you know, I wanted to make an event out of things. Like I felt like at this point in October, right, it's so I've gotten to the point where I've I've done all like the typical quarantine things, right? And I've just gotten into this like plateau. I need to break it up a bit. So I walked to get my glasses. And it was interesting. Like I've been inside so much. And I haven't been inside like 24 hours a day. Like I have gone to like the store and things. But I felt like walking through is like, oh, like this is a different way to see where I live. Because the way I walk, I've never walked to get my glasses before. I've never walked to the eye doctor before because it's never been, you know, a reality, right? Like it doesn't make sense to walk to the eye doctor when it's five minutes away. But I walked and I was like interacting with the city in a way that I haven't. Like I noticed things that I haven't, right? Like driving past like houses and driving past the neighborhood is one thing, but when you walk, you get to see the neighborhood in a different way from a different viewpoint. And I felt like, oh, like this is actually kind of nice. Like maybe I'll walk to these places more often, right? 
next to my eye doctor, there's a gas station with a store. There's a Little Caesars. There's an In-N-Out Burger. If I walk far enough, like you know, it, what's the what's the big deal? Like I can walk. I can see the sights from a different point of view, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But I felt like being cooped up inside for so long, like taking that walk, and I. Am masked up, you know. I have my mask on. I got my hand sanitizer, all that. Being safe, but taking that walk, it was just a nice experience, right? Even if it was for something that ultimately makes no sense, which is fine. That's true. It doesn't make any sense, but it was fine, right? I had the time. I used it. I got some exercise. I didn't even do it for the fucking exercise. I did it just to change my routine for. A day at least, right? Take that hour, right? An hour walking there. It took me like all of ten minutes to pick up my new glasses. But take some time, enjoy myself, relax, listen to some music, listen to a podcast. You know, think, get some fresh air, get the sun on my skin. It was it was really really nice. And I do this to say I'm telling you this to tell you that it's okay, right? If you want to walk. If you want to like break up the routine, I encourage it, right? If you're able to walk somewhere, right, that maybe you usually drive to, but if you're able to walk, if you're able to get outside and see the sights from that different point of view, right, I promise you, right, it's worth it, right? It's worth it's worth the burned calories. It's worth maybe the little bit of sweat, right? It's worth maybe taking a backpack when you don't need to, so you can carry things. It's worth all of that, right? Get some fresh air, get your legs moving, right, and and have a have a good time, right? And then I got my new glasses today, and new glasses for me are kind of a a weird experience because I don't own contacts, right? I do not own contacts. I have never owned a contact lens. I've never even attempted. To put a contact lens in my eye, it terrifies me. Right? It absolutely freaks me out. I don't want to ever get laser eye surgery. I don't want anyone to poke my eye. I don't like eye drops. None of it is like acceptable to me. Right? So I don't have contacts. But what that means is, when I try on glasses. I'm trying on glasses without my glasses. I'm looking at what the glasses look like without my glasses, which means that I am at a disadvantage from the very beginning. I'm always at a disadvantage in knowing if the glasses actually look good on me because I'm trying on the glasses without. Proper vision, right? The glasses that I'm trying on because it doesn't have my prescription yet. When I try it on, I'm not. You know, able-bodied in that way to make a proper decision. Like they really shouldn't be letting me make the decision of trying on the glasses without my glasses. It makes no sense. And I, I luck out. Like I think I do a pretty good job. I brought my um my glasses and I showed some people, and they seem to be okay with the ones that I picked out. Right, but I'm. I'm constantly at a disadvantage, and I can't talk to the guy like selling me the glasses because, of course, he's gonna tell me I look good. He's trying to get some glasses sold. Like I can't trust the guy at the store's opinion, right? So I have to just sort of fly or like bring someone with me. It has to be like a two-person event to properly、um, buy some glasses or or see what the glasses are working with. If I had contacts. 
I could try on glasses and look in the mirror with my contacts and I could make a rational decision by myself, right? But I've, I've decided contacts are not a necessary evil in my life. So I'm put at this disadvantage whenever I need new glasses. But I think I, think I worked out. Like, I remember, like, because I picked out these glasses a few weeks ago and then they had to, like, fill in my prescription or whatever, right? And... I remember like really like dead red seriously like looking in the mirror for hella long like picking between two glasses and like hoping it works out and yeah I I showed some people they said they look good I'm taking their word for it and we'll we'll see uh how it goes but another thing that I um realize is that there are quite a few people that have like more than one pair of glasses. Like I remember I saw like a conversation, it was like an online conversation recently. And um they were talking about like, "Hey, glasses people, how many pairs of glasses do you own?" And I was looking through the comments and people were like saying 2, 3, 4, 5, 10, and I'm like, "Hold on a minute." Am I an idiot? Like, am I supposed to have more than one pair of glasses? I've been wearing one pair of glasses since I've had glasses. Like, my glasses, I've I've never had, like, multiple pairs of fashionable glasses. Granted, I've never, I haven't had that many pairs of glasses. Like, I didn't get glasses until I was in high school. So, I haven't been, like, through the ringer since, like, kindergarten or whatever. Like, my vision is... Not good, but it's not, like, that bad, you know? So, um, I I haven't had that much experience with it. But, like, looking through, like, this online discussion and saying, like, yeah, I have so many glasses. I have three glasses. I have four glasses. Like, should I be investing in, in more? Like, should I have backups? Is that what, what people are expecting of me? Because I've only had one like a dumbass like I've been rocking with just the same pair of glasses every day and people are out here flexing their glasses rotation like it's a fucking shoe rotation I had no idea right and I have a new prescription now so I can go on like Warby Parker and get some new glasses but it's like I never thought of that as like the investment that I needed right I thought like I'll go on Warby Parker and get some new glasses right but then I have to get those glasses like fitted to my head, right? Because if I do glasses, I want to be able to make sure that they like sit right on me and whatever glasses I pick got to get fitted to my head, right? So it's another extra step. That's why I usually go through my eye doctor and I get like some cheap glasses or whatever. I get the cheapest option of glasses, but that's usually what I do. But maybe I should be investing in like a stockpile of glasses right and but i still run into the same problem if i do that actually now that i'm thinking about it if i stockpile on glasses like say i do some warby parker shit right i have to get someone else's opinion i can't do that by myself i can't be trusted right if i order warby parker and i get it online and i try it without my fucking glasses on then I'm I, again. I'm not. I'm not qualified for this decision, right? It's my own face, and I'm. I'm not qualified to even think about it, right? It's. It's ridiculous. But um, all of that is to say that 
my refusal to put, wear contacts has put me in a precarious situation. And I'm not sure how many people relate to it or how many people are in the same situation. But my people who don't wear contacts, right? And I'm not doing this as like a fashion accessory or no contacts genuinely freak me out. But my people who don't wear contacts, I hope you're in the same boat as me. I hope that you're you're thinking and you're like, yeah, I'm not qualified, right? Maybe I do need adult supervision when I get new glasses, right? Because it's it's a struggle for us, us non-contact wearers, when we're trying to pick out new frames. It's it's tough. It's tough. Um, but I tried out my new glasses today. People seem to like it, but I still need to adjust to them, which is weird. Like, I guess I'm not used to having good vision anymore because my vision is not great. And then the glasses that I was wearing, I guess, like, since I'm so used to them and my vision is a little bit worse than last time, I need to readjust to 2020 vision. And that's taking a weird toll on, like, my upper face and eyes. And my eyes got tired a whole bunch today. But we'll make it work. We'll see. We'll we'll do what it do there. Um, but anyway, I I want to talk a bit about a game. And I don't usually talk about gaming on this podcast unless it's Pokemon. And we're not talking about Pokemon. We're talking about Among Us. And I'm I'm late to the Among Us train, right? I I heard of it, I'd seen it, but I had not played it, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I have played it and I am all the way in and I am not a gamer like that. I'm not like an online multiplayer gamer like that. But I am all the way in, right? And if you don't know Among Us, it's basically Mafia. Like the game Mafia. That's like a party game. It's that game, but on your phone with multiplayer. And you kill people and you're on like a spaceship and you're like an astronaut, right? It's basically Mafia though, right? But I never thought that... And I was playing with my friends. But I never thought I would have so much fun playing internet mafia but it's actually really fun right i was playing with my friends who were like you know talking and having fun and we were just like doing the job of the game because in the game like if you're a civilian you're just like working on whatever ship you're like an astronaut working on a spaceship and you're trying to do astronaut things but in that in that same time you have to like avoid killers you have to do discussions you have to you know figure out who killed who and who should be voted off and all that stuff, right? And the strategy there and, like, the monotony of it. Like, there's monotony and there's strategy and there's, like, excitement and there's, like, sudden death, especially if you're a killer and there's, like, all these things wrapped into one. And I see what I see what people like about it. Like, I just want to play Among Us. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want a job. I don't want to make money. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to play Among Us all day, and I would be happy, right? And I haven't felt that way about a non-Pokemon game in a long time, right? And I used to be a gamer, believe it or not, right? I do not consider myself a gamer anymore, right? I only really, outside of Among Us, which who knows how long this obsession will last, but I only play Pokemon games. That's all I played for years. But back when the Nintendo GameCube came out, and I had like 
Mario Sunshine. I had Mario Golf, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Eggs, Sonic Heroes, Pikmin, Star Fox Avenger, Slugfest 2003, right? Back when I had those games, you could not stop me from gaming. You could not stop me from getting on that controller and playing games by myself, right? I wasn't a multiplayer kid. I never had Xbox. I didn't have PlayStation. I was just playing GameCube, and the only time I played with friends is if they came over, right? But I haven't felt that same, like, excitement about a game than I had with fucking Among Us. And it's not, like, that complex of a game. I'm no web developer, but it's not, like, that super complex of a game. It's just good, simple fun, right? It's the beauty of Mafia, the beauty of online game, the beauty of playing with strangers, right? And just wrapping that all into one, right? And I've been playing with my friends. We've been having some some good laughs, some good strategy, right? Which is, it's is all in good fun. And I just, I, I don't know like when this will end, this craze will end or when I'll delete the game, right? Because, you know, like, games do come and go, like, phone games, like, Flappy Bird and Temple Run and all that. But I could see this game Among Us, right, really um, lasting a while just because there's such replayability of it. Like, you can have a different discussion every game, right? You can have a different strategy every game, right? You can change your outfit, change your player every game. There's so many options within this simple, simple container of a game that it makes the replayability just over and over and over again, right? And if you haven't played Among Us, right, I recommend you try. It doesn't take a lot of skill to get in there, right? You, the, Really, the only skill you need is like, conversation skills and like lying skills through the internet um you don't really need like gaming skill per se right and it's just a lot of like learning what what works and what doesn't when you're trying to convince other people but um i i encourage you to play i i encourage you to play among us i encourage you to try it out see if you like it because i think that you will like it. I don't even know you, and I think you'll like it. That's how that's how good I I feel when I play a game of Among Us. I feel very happy when I play a game of Among Us, right? But speaking of things where you have to argue and debate and lie, there was another debate, ladies and gentlemen, the vice presidential debate. And I will say it now, and I will say it again, you do not have to watch a debate, right? You don't have to. Like, yes, it's good for, you know, in being informed on maybe what exactly is going on, right? Yes, it's good for jokes and memes and reactions and all that. But I want you to ask yourself, right? Really ask yourself, do I know anyone, literally anyone, who is an undecided voter in America in 2020? Because I'm willing to bet that you don't. And if you do know an undecided voter, they're probably not voting or they're voting for Kanye or something. Because thinking about Trump and Biden, and I think maybe even more drastically, Pence 
and Harris, right? Like, there's no way that you can like both. There's no way. It's not like, oh, I like Trump and Biden, like, equally. That's impossible to exist. If you think that Trump and Biden, or you like one equally to the other, right, then I have to assume that you just don't know what's going on, right? You either like Trump, you like Biden, or you tolerate, at the very least, Biden, right? And then... If you're if you don't like either of them or you like either of them equally, right? I don't know how many of you exist, right? You don't need to watch a debate when your vote is already decided. Like, what's the point of the debate? The debate is for like fucking like swing states and other people who are undecided what to vote for and letting them get a glimpse at the issues and see how they carry themselves in this setting, but. Who is undecided, right? Who is this debate for? Like, debate is here because the debate has been here and it's a tradition. But who is the debate for, right? Who? Who? Like, we could vote right now. It's currently October 9th, 2020, right? We could vote right now, right? A month before the election, we could vote. And I guarantee the results would be very similar, like at least 95% similar to votes cast in November, right? If we all voted today and got this over with, I don't think there'd be any complaints because I feel like everyone knows what's going on. Like, let's imagine for a second, right? You are on the left, right? And you have options. You have Biden, you have Bernie, you have Sanders, Julian Castro, um, Cory Booker, right? You Pete Buttigieg, uh, Amy Klobuchar, like we have a lot of options that you could um, pick from, right? And even if you don't like Biden, you can be swayed towards Biden. Or if you start from Biden, you can sway towards a Bernie, right? But there's no way in absolute hell that you can sway from a Biden and a Bernie, right? In this case, like in this current climate, I mean, you can't switch from that to a Trump and a Pence. There's there's too much water to cross in, in one year. It doesn't make sense. If you have one sort of viewpoint, right, you're likely going one way or the other. If you like Trump, right, what? how the hell are you going to make your way to Biden or make your way to a Democratic candidate? Donald Trump is so different than any other candidate that we have right now that it makes it impossible to sort of like, bridge over and find that like, oh, I kind of like him, I can work for him vibe. It doesn't exist. Just took a sip of water there, but I really, truly, like anyone you know, like if you think about any single person that you know and ask them if they are an undecided voter, I guarantee you like nine out of 10 of them at least are going to say, no, I am not undecided. I know who I'm voting for whether it's like Republican or Democrat or whatever, right? That's not the issue. The issue is, do you know who you're voting for? Because I do think that most people now, a month before, a month, a month before, right? They know who they're voting for. We don't need a debate. We really don't. There's no one out there or there's not very many people that are undecided, right? And if you're undecided, I really want to know what's going on here, right? I really want to know what, like, what's going on that makes you think that Trump and Biden are the same candidate because that that makes 
no sense to me, right? But speaking of politics and um, foreign policy, uh, stretch there. There's a new show on Netflix, and it's called Emily in Paris. Now, it's on Netflix. You can watch it. I'm not trying to spoil the show. I'm not giving a full in-depth review of the show Emily in Paris. Here's what I'm, I'm going to say. You do not need to critically analyze Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris is basically, to give a rundown, Emily, who's an American, she takes a job in Paris. She walks around, sees the sights. Everyone in Paris is horny for some reason, and they all want to have sex with Emily, or they want to have sex with someone else who Emily knows. Right? And this is not... I wouldn't say Emily in Paris is the best show I've ever seen. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that Emily in Paris is not a need for a critical analysis. We don't need to analyze something so deeply we can just watch it. Some things are just on TV to watch or just fuck around shows to have on your phone, right? Or to watch while you're on your phone, you mean. But I've seen so many like, oh, Emily Paris is this, Emily in Paris is that, and like really thinking deep into it. And I'm not saying you can't dive deep into a piece of content, but... I feel like Emily in Paris isn't meant for that. It's just meant to be watched in the background while you have your phone out. And it's just meant that way. It's just meant to be a dumb, fun show. It's not meant to be like this critical discourse about the relationship between America and France or what this means. No, it's not supposed to be that, right? And I don't know if this is like an overgeneralization of people on the internet but I do know there's a tendency to, like, think deeply about a show, right? Whatever you watch, like, think deeply about it and really understand it and talk about it in a way that, like, I think previously was reserved for more, like, movie and TV buffs, buffs and critics. Like, I feel like now that's trickling down to a more wider base where they're really analyzing things complexly. But... I'm a believer that you don't need to critically analyze everything you watch. You just you just don't, right? There are some things that, yes, you critically analyze theory the hell of it, sure, right? Go go nuts, right? If Emily in Paris is that for you, then good, you found your niche. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I'm saying that you don't need to do it. Every show doesn't need a critical analysis attached to it. It's just like, oh, did you like it? Did you not? Did you watch it? Was there anything that made you laugh? That's what what we're going here, right? We don't necessarily need to go into any symbolism or any backstory behind characters beyond what they've already given us. It doesn't need to happen. Or like projecting Emily in Paris and like really going deep into sort of like rabbit hole territory that's not what this show is like i watched this show and i'm like okay these are french people an american person everyone's horny and we'll just we'll just give it a go we'll see if i like it right and just yeah it's just it's just a dumb show you don't need to do all that extra stuff it's just a show that's made to chill, made to be maybe in the background. You have a wine, you have some food, maybe you're finishing up work and it's just there, right? That's what Emily in Paris is, 
right? But so many people are, oh, I hate watch Emily in Paris, or I'm watching this so you don't have to, and I'm going to give a breakdown. Like, not everything needs a fucking breakdown, right? Sometimes you can just watch TV, right? And that's fine. You just watch TV and go with it, right? And I felt similarly, but also really differently about another show, Legend of Korra, which is a sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender. And if you haven't seen either of those, also on Netflix. But Legend of Korra, if you're not familiar, is a show that's gotten criticism like in-depth analysis. Like people have done in-depth analysis of Korra. And I do think that Korra leads itself more to analysis and Emily in Paris does, right? It's a more political show and there's nuance there and there's lots of characters. Like it leans itself into that, right? But I feel like when people critically analyze Korra, they're doing it from a place a lot of times. Sometimes it's like blatant misogyny. Sometimes it's like a genuine critique. But on both ends of the spectrum, I feel like criticisms of Korra comes from a place of not paying attention a lot of times. Like there's a lot of things that people pay that people complain about in this show, but had they paid attention, at least in my mind, had they paid attention, they wouldn't have had problems with it. And had they paid attention to how it lines up with the original series, Avatar The Last Airbender, I think that they wouldn't be so upset about it. But that show gives way to critical analysis. But I feel like the critical analysis that happens, or at least attempt to happen, falls so flat so much of the time with Legend of Korra, right? But then Emily and Paris were still getting a little bit on Twitter and on social media, like intense breakdowns of a show and of a character. But this show is not meant for that. This show is not meant for this, like, take your knife and your fork and figure out exactly what led people to this place, right? It's just a show, right? And I feel like, one thing, like if we're comparing Paris and Cora together, right? One show, Emily in Paris, is not meant to be anything complex or deep. It's just meant to be a like a fun, sexy show, right? And people are doing a lot of work behind it and a lot of think piecing and a lot of, you know, writing about it and critically analyzing it both in the world of Emily in Paris and in the real world, right? And that happens there, but the show ultimately, at least how I saw it, is not meant for that. It's just meant to be watched, turn off bread, no thoughts, head empty, right? And then Cora gets a lot of that critical analysis, and even more so, and that's fine because it leads itself to that, but even more so, Cora gets that scrutiny. But this is a show you're meant to pay, pay attention to, and people are not paying attention, right? And I feel like so much of that show, Legend of Cora, right, either makes sense or pays off in the long run if you pay attention to the show. But people just aren't doing that. It's such a weird thing. Like different shows have such different problems that are related and or not related at the same time. And I feel like Emily in Paris is just this in this weird space where people are watching it to think that it's bad and people are like oh this is why it's bad let me break this down for you right and it's like we just don't need it we don't need it emily in paris is just a dumb show i hope it gets a season two just so we can watch more dumb shit right sometimes shit is just dumb or sometimes people are just horny or sometimes people are just being paris 
right? People be in Paris sometimes. It's fine. We don't need to think any harder than that, right? But of course, it's a Netflix show, and I assume there's a big budget, so that that whole thing goes without saying. But it's not for nothing, you know? And I do want to make this, I want to make longer episodes, and I do think I promised a longer episode in the previous episode, but I am going to um, wrap it up here. I'm going to start wrapping it up just because had some busy ones, but I want to get a full meaty podcast out there next time. But all in all, right, if there's anything that I want you to take from this episode, right, it's to one, enjoy yourself, you know, take a walk, get the air. Two, we're, we're all going to vote. You don't need a debate. You don't need a debate to help you vote, right? We're all decided already. We could vote right the fuck now. It does not matter, right? And three, Sometimes you can just watch TV. Don't have to be super complicated about things. Sometimes just watch TV and it's fine, right? You don't need to critically analyze everything. Just no thoughts, head empty, sit down, drink beer, drink wine, eat cheese, and watch TV, right? That's all you have to do, right? Just because it's on Netflix, just because it has a high budget, doesn't mean it's not some dumb shit. Some shit is just dumb. And that's what Emily in Paris says. It's nice, dumb shit to watch and maybe have on the background or maybe watch and chill and text on your phone. That's what it is. And that's fine. That's It's fine how it is. You don't need to critically think about every single television show you watch. Do it for some of them, but you don't need to do it for all of them. Just relax. And I, I promise you, you'll feel, you'll feel better, right? If you, if you follow my footsteps, if you do what I do, if you take walks, if you don't watch any presidential debates, right? And if you don't critically analyze every single fucking thing, guess what? You'll be happier. I promise you. You'll feel good, right? Your skin will clear up. I promise you. My skin has been clear for a long time now. It's because I don't fucking overanalyze shows that are about basically dicks in France. We're, we're not doing it. We don't have to do it. We're peaceful. We're peaceful. We're, I'm, I'm about to, you know, get ready for bed and have a nice sleep because I'm peaceful, you know? All right. And yeah, that's where I'm going to end it here. I hope you took away something from this episode and I will see you next time. All right, please be safe. Love you. Bye.